we join in progress. God's not done with us yet with Bishop C.S. Miller. The battle's already won. We're more than conquerors. Lord shared with us on Tuesday one of the things that he mentioned, amen, was that I, maybe others, but I was feeling like we were in a valley. Oh, Lord, when are we going to get back to the mountain? Matter of fact, not even get back. When are we going to get to the mountain? Because I've been to the mountaintop, and my calculations say we ain't got to the mountaintop yet. When are we going to get to the mountaintop? I'm just being transparent and honest with you. Because, see, that's the only way that we're going to grow. I, I, got to, I got to say what I was really thinking and sharing before God so that when I showed you what God is answering to those words, amen, you can get the shout. You can get the glory of what God is saying. See, verse 29, let, let, let me get to the scripture. Verse 29 says this, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Now, a lot of times you read that scripture and you think about the individual. God's not talking about the individual. Only. He's talking about the church. The kingdom ministry being formed and shaped like him. And see, you got to understand that this church has been predestined. This church is not here because Brother and Sister Miller showed up in Hawaii. This church isn't here, amen, because Brother Miller had a thought, well, we need to go ahead and open up a ministry. This church isn't here, amen, because, well, they need to have another church of God online. No, 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 no. This ministry was predestined in the heart and mind of God before Brother Miller was even a thought in the womb of his mother. You being here, predestined, preordained. God wanted you here for a purpose. See, it says, those that he predestined. In other words, those, amen, that are willing that he, let me help, help him. Predestined means those that God already know are going to say yes to his will. Don't get it confused. God didn't say, okay, all the folks in church, y'all going to be saved, the mother folks. No, that's not what it means. It means God is acknowledging those of us that he's called are going to say, yes, Lord. And he said, those that say, yes, Lord, I have predestined certain things for you. Okay, that's what it's saying. And so concerning the International Worship Center Hawaii, the IWC, he says, I have predestined some things for you. And I'm going to bring those things to pass. But what I need you to not do is what the children, what my children of Israel did in the desert. What, what did they do? They got out in the desert. God had predestined for them to, to, to be delivered. He had already predestined for them to be delivered. And when it came for, that, for time, the time for them to be delivered, God opened the door, amen, and they walked out of Egypt. But what happened? They got in the desert, and it was only a few days. It wasn't like it was a few months, or, you know, it was a few days. Hadn't even, got, hadn't even got to the Red Sea yet. And what did they do? They started looking back. Moses. You do. 
You bring us out here to die? You know, it was much better for us in slavery. It was much better for us back in Egypt. You know, at least there we had some pomegranates and, you know, we had some fresh water and, and we had some roofs over it. At least there we, 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 let's go back to slavery. I believe what God is saying, amen, to the church. Mm, I don't believe I know what God is saying to the church today. Get focused on why, where I have predestined you today. And get ready for what I'm bringing to you today. And, and not just, oh, glory, glory, glory. God wants us to not only to not look back to the past, but let go of the past. Let go of your pain so people hurt you. There's some things to you. There's some things to you. Didn't do some things for you. Mm-hmm. You thought they were going to do this, and they didn't do it. You thought they were going to say this, they didn't say it. Thought this door was going to open, they did God says, put all that stuff back here. Let it go. Because if we keep on holding on to that, we can never go forward. We'll always be stuck where we are right now. Me, you, and just a few. But if we'll just get the mind of Christ, amen, hallelujah, and stop looking back at Egypt, hallelujah, and understand that he's made us more than conquerors, that we don't have to do something in the sense that, well, if I do this program, maybe this will work. If I do that program, maybe that will work. Well, if we do what they're doing over there, well, if we do like T.D. so do it like the church down the street, or if we do it, well, they have this program, and they're going to do it. If, how about we just do what God said? What God tell, tell God? Excuse me, what, I, what did God tell IWC to do? He says, get ready to pray, get yourself cleaned up, because I'm sending them. All of us. So I want to encourage you. You're more than a conqueror. You don't have to do anything but obey God. You don't have to do anything, amen, but prepare yourself. See, in preparing yourself individually, we are preparing ourselves collectively. That's why this morning when the Lord spoke to us about, amen, when we was in here praying, amen, hallelujah, that's part of getting ready. See, when we enter, you know, oh, man, I'm not talking to religious folks, I ain't got to go there. When we, when we enter into this sanctuary, even though we don't have a foyer out there, hallelujah, when we enter in, we ought to recognize, all right, I'm in the presence of the Lord. Up down, amen. In a spot. Why? Because that's the time of praise. Preparation. That's getting ready. The scripture says, Hallelujah. Not only did he predestine, amen. God, not, not only has God, amen, ordered our steps to be here, hallelujah. But it says, amen, he says, moreover, whom he, uh, verse 30, he predestined those, also he called. Whom he called, these he also justified. Whom he justified, these he also glorified. What's that mean? Real quick. Okay, you're predestined. You're here in this place where God says you're supposed to be here. Okay? He says, justified, which means, amen, everybody here is claiming salvation, right? Nobody here say, well, I'm not saved yet. Anybody here not saved? Everybody here is claiming salvation. That's where everybody should say yes, unless you're not, and we can fix that real quick. We can, we can take a pause. 
And so he's saying, what it says, amen, it says he also justified. So since you're justified, stop telling yourself what you're not. Stop telling yourself, amen, because of this or because of that. Or, well, I, you know, I, I'm not quite here. I'm not quite. You're justified in the eyes of God. Why are you justified? Because you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Only the devil wants you to keep talking about how come you're not good enough. When God has already said you're good enough. He's already said, we don't have to have a nice, fancy building like they got across the street. We don't have to have a nice, fancy chair like they got down the street. We ain't got to have all the equipment that they got over there. God says, amen, you're justified. You're good enough just the way you are because I said so. <clears throat> he says, not only are you justified, he says, amen. He says, those he's justified, he's also glorified. Now, I don't think I've got to explain this one. The glory of the Lord is in this house. One of the things the Lord said, hallelujah, and he reminded, amen, he spoke to the prophet, amen. He, he, he said, he, he, he reminded me and reminded us, amen, about what my prayer has been for so many years, amen. And that is for Azusa Street to be upon the ministry wherever God would have us. Meaning, amen, that the glory of the Lord will be upon the place where we are worshiping. That those on the outside, saved or unsaved, will be able to walk down the street, drive down the street and look and say, hey, man, what's going on in that? Man, somebody called a fire department. There's a fire on that building over there. And it's not really a fire that will consume, but it's a fire that will purify. So he's glorified. The presence of God is in this house. He's here right now. So it says, because of that, what then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Because God is on our side. Because mm -hmm. God is for us. Let this be the last day anybody in this church talk about what we don't have. What we can't do. Why are we lacking this? And why are we lacking that? We ain't lacking nothing. Amen. If God be for us, who can be against us? That simply means in this context, as long as God is for us, we can have whatever we need. And we can do whatever God calls us to do. See, what I'm trying to get you to understand, amen, that all by ourselves right now, we just enough for God to explode in this city. You need to understand that we ain't got to get no bigger necessarily. We don't have to go get no more stuff necessarily. We don't have to change any decor, amen. We good enough just the way we are that we just obey God. The unsaved will come running to us. Come on, somebody. See, when we really get right with God, when we really get right with God, the scripture says, and the Lord added to the church daily. When we really get right with God, you'll be sitting in your home and talking to some unsaved person, and you'll win them to the Lord. You'll be on your job, amen, doing whatever it is you do on your job, but you'll win somebody to the kingdom. See, we got to stop putting limits on God. Well, I can't do it here because my job says this. And we can't do it there because they said that. Okay, No, 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 God's not limited. See, the, uh, see the awesome thing about God, that's why I heard somebody say, or read somewhere something this week, you know, he wants to say, well, if God is, is this and God is that and God enough. Now how come all the misery in the world? And, and my answer to that, because he's God enough. See, see he's God enough. He, he, meaning, amen, he is so much God that no matter what's going on, he's got enough to be able to fix it. 
He didn't have to not let it happen. He's God's love that he can fix it no matter what's going on. So we can trust him. Because since he's God enough, well, what about all the fill in the blank with all the negative stuff you can think of? What about all of that? What about the little girls that are getting raped? What about the babies that are being aborted? What about the people getting murdered? And the, because God is God enough. With whomsoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever shall confess the name Jesus Christ and believe in their heart shall be saved. He's God enough. See, these things does not, do not hinder him. And so, therefore, they don't hinder the church. They don't hinder you or me. But we got to get in the mindset. We got to get in the understanding that if God is on our side, we win. It goes on to say, I'm going to jump down. Eight, what, what, no, I need it. Yes, sir. 32, he says, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore, he is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for him? 32 to 34 simply says this. Because God did not spare Jesus, the agony, the shame, the pain, of the cross. He didn't not spare him because he wanted to see Christ go through that just to be going through. But God the Father understood, amen, and it was his plan that if he would allow his son, the Christ, to go through that, because he went through that, it would give us the ability, amen, to have a cover. Because Christ went through that, amen. The Bible says, amen, that he is seated right now at the right hand of the Father, pleading and interceding on our behalf. So now, because Christ went through that, we have an advocate in heaven. So therefore, you and me don't have to worry about nothing. All we got to do is say, Abba, Father, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. And Christ takes that and says, Father, you're one of mine. You need to do something. God is on the side. And I, I am sorry. See, TDJ said something on, on that CD I was listening to this week, too. Because this is something that I know that God is, isn't. He, he, he said, visionaries have a problem. And the reason visionaries have a problem, the, the reason we go through stuff so difficultly sometimes because we see what God said he's going to do. So I, I tell her, baby, God said this, and this way he said it's going to look like this, going to be like, and she said, it's going to look like that to me. Hey, I know, but I'm telling you. I'm not throwing rocks at the first, I'm just saying, we have these conversations. And she said, well, you know, I said, well, babe, that's what God said. I, I, I can see it. He showed me. I'm a visionary. I see stuff. God shows me what he's going to do. I get excited about it, Amen. I mean, whoa, 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 whoa. And, 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 and T.D. Jakes, Bishop Jakes said, he said, what happened with visionary? They get excited, man. They said, oh, man, did you, you know what God said? God's going to do this. And God gonna do. He said, but well, what happened? He said, after you, get, after you come out of the vision, you have to deal with reality. 
and your reality does not match up with the vision. And the vision does not seem to match up with what you know in your heart I say. And so therefore, you struggle. I come by to tell you that God has shown me what he's going to do in this place. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's shown Sister Lisa what he's going to do in this place. What he's going to do in this ministry. And I'm telling you, amen, you just hold on a little longer. And I don't mean hold on. Oh, God, I don't mean hold on like that. I mean, hold on with everything you got, uh, with every fiber in your being. It's like, God, uh, I'm holding on to you. Uh, no matter what it looks like, uh, no matter what it sounds like, no matter what anybody says, God, uh, I know what you said, and I'm going to trust the word of the Lord. Don't allow the enemy to discourage you because the vision wasn't for yesterday. The vision is for today. Goes on, he says, verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, pearl, sword. In other words, you're going to let the devil, and sometimes it ain't the devil necessarily doing it, but it's just life. See, the church is going to go through. The saints are going to have to deal with life. If you, if you haven't caught it, understand that our government, and I'm not talking about the president, I'm talking about the government system, it's turning against the church of the living God. It's turning against the church. You, all you got to do is read the new, newspaper. Ain't praying school. Ain't praying public. Well, we, we, if, if, if we're going to talk about Christmas, you can't talk about Christ. All that kind of stuff. That's war against the church. It's going to happen. So we ain't going to pray it away. It's going to happen. Is that going to discourage you? Is that going to make you give up on God? Christians are going to get locked up for just being Christians. Now, they're going to say something else, but it's going to be because you love the Lord. And you will capitulate. You won't say, well, well maybe I don't believe it like that. They'll call it something, well, uh, this is for the safety, this is for your safety, this is for, yeah, yeah, it's because you love the Lord. So what's going to happen? They're going to cause you to give up on the Lord, brother? They'll cause you to, well, well, well I, was, I, I was really a bishop. Uh, that was my vocation. I, I was just doing it because it was something I like to do. I really, I didn't really believe in the Lord, you know. Because he never did heal me the way I wanted to. And, and so, you know, tell you the truth, you know, I don't really believe in Jesus anyway. Is that what it's going to take for you, Sister Jesus, to give up on God? Well, God, I'm asking you for this. I'm asking you for that. When I'm going to get it? If God's going to do it, you're going to give up on God? Famine, death, nakedness, whatever it is, understand that God is still on our side. Understand that even though you're going to go through, sometimes you've got to go through something to receive something. And just in case we don't get everything we thought we was going to get, this is temporary. The real prize is to hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. The, the real joy, amen, is to hear him say, 
enter into the joy of the Lord. The real prize, amen, is to be able to walk the streets of gold. Hallelujah. Oh, glory, glory, glory. The real isn't what we do as far as the abundance in this world. The real gift is that through it all, I've never seen, never, 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 never seen the child of God begging bread. Does that mean Christian folks can't go through? What it means is that wherever we find ourselves, Whatever state you're in. Paul said it this way. He learned to love God in abundance and in lack. When I was a Pharisee above Pharisees, and they would beat me in the jailhouse, I learned to love the Lord. Anybody with me today? Thirty-seven, verse thirty-seven says, "Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us." See, you got to get in that mindset that since God is on our side and He's predestined us to be in this place, and because Amen, He's already set us up for victory. So you understand, it's a fixed fight. See, except this one ain't illegal. See, in the world, if you got a fixed fight, it's illegal, and somebody gonna go to jail. But when it's a fixed fight on the Lord's side, amen, it's because he set the captives free. You see, it's a fixed fight, which means that all you got to do is trust God. All you got to do is be in his will. And all you got to do is say, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. No matter what they say, no matter what they do, he's got enough. The devil might win a battle, but we win the war. It's a fixed fight. Hallelujah. That's why God, God don't sweat the small stuff. You know, God, why don't you heal my body? God, I don't have this. God, I don't have that. And God, what about my children? God, God said that, 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 that. Don't, don't sweat the small stuff. It's a fixed fight. Paul gets excited. Verse 38, he says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life. See, some, some folks get hung up right there. But shoot, I ain't ready to die. Uh, ain't nobody, I ain't encouraging nobody to go run out in front of no car. But your mindset ought to be, God, whatever happens, living or dying. Whatever happened, I, 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 I can't quite say the way Paul says, so I'm just going to repeat what Paul says. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers nor present things or things to come, nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So in other words, all, all Paul was saying through all these verses, amen, because of the things you go through, it's not an indication that God don't love you. Mm -hmm. Understand, he starts off in verse 28 saying, understand who you are in Christ Jesus. Understand, amen, that God's on your side. He says, but because God's on your side don't mean you're not going to go through nothing. 
But in your going through, remember who you are. Remember, amen, that Jesus went through something. He didn't spare Jesus any pain. He didn't spare Jesus any humiliation. Jesus went through something. But understand, after Jesus went through, the Bible says, amen, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father right now. <coughs> so what that means to you and me today? Right now, there's three, six, eight of us sitting in this building. This is not our destiny. This isn't even, not only not our destiny, this is not even, amen, our beginning point. This is nothing. This is just where we are right now. Our beginning started on Tuesday. Our beginning started when the Spirit of God got a hold of us. And we said, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. That was our beginning. And so now, we don't see things, we don't look at things anymore like we used to. Because today, the vision that God has for you, for me, for this church, is still in place. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it sounds like, get ready, get ready. Get ready. Nothing, nothing, nothing will separate you from the love of God. He loves you so much. So don't think, amen, because of where you are in your personal life, what you're going through in your personal situation, there's some indication that God does not love you, that God has given up on you, or that God has turned his back on you. Nay, 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 nay. That, that's not what it is. You've got to remember that sometimes, amen, you don't have a testimony until you had a trial. You don't have a praise until you've been through something. And so uh, understand, amen, that God not only allows some things, but sometimes God even instigates some stuff. Remember, the scripture says that it was the Lord that hardened Pharaoh's heart. God did that. He didn't want to turn Pharaoh against his people. Remember, because, you know, Pharaoh had no issue with them. As long as they were doing what he wanted them to do, and they were happy to do it. They weren't rebellion. They were happy to do it. Everybody was hunky-dory. God said, I've got to mix this thing up. They done got comfortable. And so I'm going to have to do some stuff. And he says, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to harden that unbeliever's heart. So they'll, they, 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 they'll believe that. He's unbelievable. That's how I'll get my people. He, he, he's doing the same thing today. He says, he, he, he said, this is what I'm going to do. He said, okay, I'm going to make Israel jealous. Y'all don't want me right now? I'm going to make you jealous. I'm going to go out there and get them Gentiles. I'm going to go out there and get them non-Jewish folks. You know, show, let you see how they love me and make you jealous. Then you're going to want me. That's what the scripture says. What is he saying to you and me? What he's saying to us today, church, amen, is that God is not done with us yet. That he is getting ready to do what he said. He, matter of fact, I, that's the wrong word. Thank you, Lord. He's not getting ready. He is doing right now what he said he's going to do. We don't see with our natural eye just yet, but he is doing what he said he's going to do. Amen. He's raised up a prophet in the house. Amen. Why do we need a prophet in the house? 
so that just in case the pastor begin to sway to the right or to the left. See, just because you're the pastor doesn't mean that God always gives you everything. Just like when you're the king. God didn't always give the king. He had, he he had to take a prophet and go to the king and say, even King David, and say, look here, David. What you think about this? David gave his opinion. He said, mm, that ain't right. This is what God is saying. So God has raised a prophet up in the house to help keep us in line, to help us begin to go forth and do that. I don't know all that God's going to do in the sense that we're going to do A, B, C, and D, but let me tell you this. Let, let, ooh, glory. Let, let me tell you. Just go and stand on your feet. Listen to this. Let me tell you this. And I mean this, this is not just hope talk. This room is not going to be large enough to hold the people that God is bringing. And I mean that. Not because I said it, because that's what God showed. We're going to put more chairs out here, and it's going to be so, it's going to be so hot in here. Even though it's going to be so hot in here. There's going to be so many people in here. But we have to get up out of this place or something, I don't know, but it, 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 it's not going to be like this. And, but God isn't just going to give us numbers for the sake of numbers. I can't go into everything, but God's been dealing with me about some things we need to begin to do. If we, you, you know, we say when we get in your head, you say when we get this, then we can do this. We do this, then we can do that. No, 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 no. God took a few fish and two loaves of bread and fed five thousand. He didn't say wait for the the, the uh, a fishermen to come in, load them on the on the wagons, and bring them out up here to us. He used what was there. God's going to use what is here right now. to bless me. And then out of that blessing, you shall grow. To do what? Become more of a blessing? Amen. So the word I want to leave with today is be encouraged. God is on your side. You're more than a conqueror. Amen. God has not forgotten us. He hasn't said nay to us. He just said, get ready. I'm doing it right now. Doing it right now. Make sure that when, the, when, the, when I open the door, that you're ready. You don't want it to be like those five bridesmaids. They opened the door, the bridegroom showed up. They weren't there. They weren't ready. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, in the precious name of Jesus.